Welcome to Plant-Based DFW with Dr. Riz and Maya. Dr. Bandana Chawla is a board-certified physician in internal medicine and lifestyle medicine. She graduated from UT Southwestern Medical School and completed her residency training at the Texas Medical Center. She has been practicing as an internist in the Houston area for over 20 years. Over the years, she has incorporated the tenets of lifestyle medicine into her practice and has seen her patients lose weight, improve their diabetes, and several other health conditions. Dr. Muniz Chawla is a board-certified physician in diagnostic radiology and lifestyle medicine, a longtime practitioner of meditation and yoga. He adopted a plant-based lifestyle in 2013. Upon becoming aware of the research-proven health benefits and evidence-based approach lifestyle medicine uses to treat and reverse chronic diseases, he became certified in this new and exciting specialty. Doctors Munish and Bandana Chawla created their Lifestyle Docs practice, which focuses on eating the right types of food, being fit, reducing stress, and connecting more to achieve holistic wellness. They also founded the Peaceful Planet Foundation 501c3 nonprofit, which fosters peace, health, and wellness in Houston and the surrounding communities. Today we have Dr. Munish and Dr. Bandana Chawla with us. How are you guys? Um, we're doing great. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. So just to, to let the audience know, uh, we are in Houston, and we came to Houston for the weekend to go to the Peaceful Planet Foundation's Wellness Retreat. And then today we're here at their Lifestyle Medicine Center. They gave us a nice little tour. Again, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you visit us in Houston. Yes. Tell us a little bit about your center. So we just moved in here. It's been mm-hmm. over a month now. We moved here because I've been practicing traditional um, internal medicine for a while, about 20 years, and more and more I've been talking to patients about lifestyle medicine as well, making some goals and plans for the pillars of lifestyle medicine, which is, of course, nutrition, exercise, stress management, sleep, avoidance of risky behaviors like alcohol and um, tobacco and drug use and um, healthy relationships. What I was realizing is many of my patients were starting to say that, Doc, I get the why, it's the how that's mm-hmm. really hard. Yep. So then we basically said, okay, we need to help them with the how then. And that's why this Lifestyle Medicine Clinic came into being. And you want to tell what this Lifestyle Medicine Clinic sure, has? Sure, So I'll give you a little bit of my background. I'm a board-certified radiologist and have been practicing radiology for over 20 years. But, you know, we take walks in the evening. And she would be telling me all these patients that, you know, she's switched over to a plant-based diet. They're, you know, getting rid of their diabetes medicine. They're, you know, doing so much better, losing weight without even trying. And I'm, you know, getting encouraged. So I said, you know, I want to be part of this uh, movement also. So we were both kind of studying for lifestyle medicine uh, board exams. Actually, she started studying, and I'm reading the material too because I'm interested in it. So I said, you know, I can do this. So we had no plans of doing anything at this point. So I was going to take the uh, lifestyle medicine board examination. If you're an MD or PhD or nutrition or dietitian, you can get the added certification. Mm-hmm. So when we got the board certification, my wife and I both passed, so we're happy about that. I know Dr. Rizvan Bukhari is going to be taking his board examination soon, and I know he'll pass. Yeah, we keep putting that out there, so I better pass. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll pass with flying colors, I'm certain of it. 
So once we got the certification, like, like now what do we do? So Vandana, you know, wants to move further. She's got her uh, medical clinic. She's got interested patients who get the reason, you know, why do we need to, you know, change our diet, change our lifestyle, incorporate other healthful behaviors, but they're having trouble with how to get there. Mm -hmm. So this is when we kind of start talking about the new clinic. And so, long story short, I am transitioning out of radiology, and I'll be in the new space with her doing this lifestyle clinic. And in our space, uh, we have a wonderful area. It's a small space where we can do yoga classes, meditation classes, screenings for movies. We have a small kitchen. We can do cooking demos, uh, group potlucks, group discussion, you know, group support sessions. So we wanted to create the space to have really a community come and learn from each other, and we provide some tools and guidance. Mm -hmm. So everybody grows in this, you know, healthful, you know, wonderful, you know, behavior that everybody gets healthy together. Mm -hmm. So you might say then that uh, the the way you design the clinic is it's it's able to address the lifestyle medicine concepts more fully than a traditional internal medicine practice. Absolutely. One, it provides the community because it really does help to have other people who are on the same path with us. It really helps to see other patients who are also trying to eat this way, who are also trying to improve their health. One of my patients said it really helps to have people who are ahead of us on this path that we can look up to. Yeah, for guidance. And sure. also mm -hmm. helps to have people behind us who are looking up to us, who we are trying to, so we try to do better because we know they're looking up to mm -hmm. us, right? Mm -hmm. So we are not, we're trying not to let them down. It keeps us accountable. Yes. Exactly. Yes. So forming that community is something that we really want in Lifestyle a Medicine Clinic. And the other thing, like I said, is the how. Mm -hmm. the how that's so hard for people. So now they can come to cooking classes and learn the how of cooking and how to make these healthy foods themselves because so many people in this society have actually never cooked. They've always picked up fast food and eaten out. Um, now they can learn the how of meditation, the how of yoga, and, and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. I understand that before you were fully plant-based, you were, you were vegan for several years. Yeah. Tell us about your journey. Sure. So I had been, you know, you call it midlife crisis or call it, you know, wanting to do something else. I wanted to go to a meditation course and I finally picked out one, you know, after doing some research in Google that this is the one I want to go to. Mm -hmm. So this was a 10-day silent retreat. Wow. And I told this to my wife and, you know, at this time our kids are 9 and 10 or around. I don't know, but I was taking care of his father and his mother and the two kids and I said, no, not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not because 10 days I can't even call him if I have any issues. Because he's not going to talk to you. Right, yeah, right. So this Can is, you text on a silent retreat? You, you no. put away your phone in a locker. Oh, wow. You right. get it 10 days later. <laughs> yes, so you have to put away all communication with the outside world. You can't even bring any book with you. Wow. So so you're just there by yourself and there's other, you know, people who are wanting to learn meditation. You know, we do immersions in plant-based uh, mm -hmm. world, but this is immersion into the meditation world. They really want you to really experience it. So, but then, you know, we made some time. So the following year, in August of 2012, I got a chance to go. Mm. So, you know, at that time, I didn't think much of it. I just wanted something to maybe, you know, help with stress, maybe anxiety, just kind of feeling a little bit better. Everybody always mentions that meditation 
is good for you, it's good for the body, good for the mind, good for the spirit. So I've always been kind of interested in it. So I didn't have any big things that just anything was going to come off it. Mm -hmm. But looking back, this is what started everything. So I came back before I went to the retreat. I was an omnivore. I was eating everything. I had stopped eating beef, but I was still eating fish and chicken. And especially I loved seafood. Yeah, you know, because we, you thought that's healthier than eating beef, right? Is that right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Also the taste. Also the taste. I oh. mean, I, seafood is my fa favorite okay. thing. So, you know, when we go to a sushi place, you know, Bandana would get vegetarian sushi. She's a lifelong vegetarian, but she never really made me uncomfortable that why you're eating that. So mm. we've been married at this point, but... 20. Oh, at that point, 15 years. 15 years. But when I came back from the retreat, something clicked. And one of the things they said is everything that we respond to in our world is temporary sensations. So why do we want to harm another living creature for you know, just the temporary sensation of it tasting good? And it's literally, it's less than a second that the food is on your tongue, right. that you actually taste it. Yeah. And so just something just clicked. And when I came back from this retreat, I had you know, become vegetarian. Was it, was it a vegan vegetarian retreat? It was a vegetarian yeah. retreat. Yeah. Where was it? It was in Dallas, actually. Oh. Uh, Kaufman, 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 near Dallas. And they have 20 centers around U.S. that you oh. can do this retreat in. Okay. So when I came back, I said I'm not going to have any you know, meat or fish or anything like that. And, but I didn't tell her, you know, sometimes you get real excited, you're kind of, you know, thinking, okay, this is the new me, then life happens and mm -hmm. you kind of revert back to your old habits. Mm -hmm. But after, you know, a few weeks, we'd gone out to a restaurant a couple of times and instead of ordering, you know, uh, salmon or shrimp or something, I was getting something that was vegetarian. So she brought it up with me, says, I'm noticing <laughs> that you didn't get that, that I told her, I'm not going to eat that way again. So this is when we, so I became vegetarian in August of 2012. Mm -hmm. And then we started doing research that if we're really doing this for compassion, that there is more cruelty in the dairy industry than there is in the livestock or meat industry. Mm -hmm. So if we're really doing this from a non-harming, non-violent standpoint, we need to go all the way. So I'll let you pick up from there. Yeah, so he became vegetarian in August and then the universe just kept sending me vegan and plant-based patients. Oh, really? And at first, kind of ignored it, said, good for you. <laughs> like, no, nobody wants to change. Mm -hmm. uh, good that your diabetes is better and good mm -hmm. that you're off your asthma inhalers. Well, I don't have those problems anyways, right? So I don't need to do anything about it. Um, but it just kept happening. Um, and he was going through um, reflections as well, and he had made some kind of a comment saying that all these years, if you've been vegetarian for non-violence and compassion reasons, shouldn't, be, shouldn't you be a vegan instead? <laughs> and then I was like, oh yeah, when the kids go off to college, maybe I'll become a vegan then. But since the patients started coming, they started educating me. Um, finally, I started asking them. First, I wasn't even ready to ask them, what made you go vegan, right? Mm -hmm. Because I wasn't ready. So when I started getting curious and started asking them, they started telling me about the ethical aspects, the health aspects, and the environmental aspects. And then we started doing our own research. Mm -hmm. And then we said, okay, January 1st, let's try. Let's try transitioning towards a vegan diet. That May of 2013, 13. I was going to turn 40. So we said, okay, 
will try and then by May, if things are going well, for my 40th birthday, I'll become a vegan. <laughs> but then, during January, things were going so well. Um, it wasn't hard. We were feeling better. We were doing the 21-day kickstart and other things and getting emails every day about stuff and then still finding out even more stuff about dairy and other things to where we both kind of said, um, let's not wait that long. I don't want to wait till May. So February 1st, 2013 is our official vegan anniversary. Oh, right. And so we celebrate our marriage anniversary and our vegan anniversary. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, that's great. Thank you. Thank you. And, oh, then, wow. and then, okay, so that's, that was your journey to becoming vegan. Mm -hmm. And then there was, a, you know, uh, another journey to becoming fully whole food plant-based. Yes. And so what, what about that? So that started happening, actually, one, because, again, patients, uh, they're, they're so, so good about educating their doctors. You know, I'm going to interrupt yeah. and say, well, did you notice any changes physically or the way you felt just from the transition from uh, human each being a meat eater yeah. to going vegetarian and then vegan, and then you were uh, vegetarian to going vegan. Did you notice anything at that mm -hmm. point? Some, not a lot. No, I mean, so nothing real tangible? Nothing real tangible. For me, there was. There were, okay. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for me, it wasn't like we were eating, you know, meat or fish or chicken or fish every day. It was a occasional weekend thing. So if we didn't go out, you know, at home, we were vegetarian. Mm -hmm. And I don't like dairy, just the taste very much. So mm -hmm. I don't drink milk. I liked yogurt and, you know, and paneer, which is an Indian style of cheese. I mm -hmm. like those sort of things. But we wouldn't be having it very much. Okay. I'll so. tell you the three things that improved for me. Uh-huh. My migraines went away. Oh, wow. Um, I have not had a migraine since I've been vegan. Um, two, my menstrual cramps went away. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, three, my allergies got better, and I got, got off of nasal spray. I still have to take Zyrtec. They didn't get all the way better. So I still take my Zyrtec at bedtime, but I no longer take Flonase nasal spray that I had had to take for a decade. Mm -hmm. I was able to get off of that. And actually, my fibrocystic disease of breast got better as well. Yeah. Because so much of this is hormonally exactly. related. Exactly. And I didn't know it was hormonally right. and related. And a lot of hormones in the milk and dairy mm -hmm. yeah. things. Absolutely. Right. And with right. the um, breast, did you notice the difference from just doing um, checks or the pain? Because sometimes pain. we feel pain. The pain. Because okay. um, I would have pain during ovulation and mm -hmm. right before the periods. Okay. I haven't had it since. That's incredible because yeah. I too also notice um, less cramping mm -hmm. so as someone who suffered for many years with pain and I, w I didn't really consume much mm -hmm. dairy, yeah. but just when I cleaned up my diet yes. in general, mm -hmm. the pains, the pain went away. You know, I often yeah. point out, and this is kind of a reference to the documentary Forks Over Knives, mm -hmm. where there was that one individual that they were working on who had 27 complaints mm -hmm. yeah. and three major health complaints, I think, hypertension, uh, diabetes, and the weight. Mm -hmm. well, maybe the cholesterol. Mm -hmm. And so the doctor was going to work on the major complaints. Mm -hmm. uh, but when he came back for his follow-up, yeah. 26 of the 27 complaints were gone. Yeah. And a lot of those things are things, like you said, like the allergies, uh, nasal congestion, uh, maybe in women, the fibrocystic uh, things, uh, menstrual cramps, the things that we kind of just think we have to live with because they're a part of our lives. Mm -hmm. oh, that and reminded me of another thing. It's five things now, okay? <laughs> um, my skin. Mm -hmm. My skin cleared up. I've had this issue with rosacea for yeah. a long time, wow. and, and that is no longer an issue. So it's, it's fascinating. We might be focusing on these major medical issues, right. but there's a whole lot of other things that kind of mm -hmm. happen. And you just reminded me of something. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until a few weeks ago that I realized my allergies cleared up 
around the time I, I went plant-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been better for the last few years. I didn't make the connection until mm-hmm. I looked at the time frame. I used to take Advil regularly for headaches, mm-hmm. and I don't get headaches anymore. Yeah. If yeah. I get a headache, it's an unusual thing. Mm-hmm. So now you've reminded me that that's cleared right. up too. Yeah. And so in terms of your transition then from just being vegan to cleaning up your diet even mm-hmm. more, how did that come about? Go from vegan to plant-based? So, okay, mm-hmm. so um, again, the, the patients, I was seeing the health benefits in them. And then I started getting asked to give talks by Vegan Society of Peace and other places just because I was a doctor and a vegan. Mm -hmm. They wanted me to come give talks about the health benefits. And then when I did the research to give those talks, um, then it made more sense to do that. And also it became, well, if I'm preaching this, Mm -hmm. then I need to practice it. So, I mean, we sort of transitioned from, you know, from a vegan diet, which was not high in processed foods, but, you know, we were eating some mock meats, we were eating... Uh, occasional, you know, cookies and th- those Desserts. sort of things, desserts and that sort of thing. And so in terms of, you know, I didn't feel a great big change going from a, you know, mostly vegetarian, occasional mm-hmm. fish and chicken diet to a vegetarian diet or even to a vegan diet. Mm-hmm. But when we switched from, a, from that sort of eating pattern to a whole foods eating diet, which is now we're 90 to 95% whole foods, mm-hmm. unless eating out in restaurants where mm-hmm. there's not an option. At home, we eat whole grains, lots of vegetables, green smoothie every day. This is when I noticed the health improvements. Mm-hmm. This is when my skin cleared up. I stopped having headaches. My allergies haven't gotten all the way better, but they've gotten significantly better. I used to have take Clarinex, which is a lot stronger than Claritin. So at one point I was doing Claritin, then I added the nasal inhaler, then I added Clarinex, and then I started, you know, taking things away. So the Clarinex is gone, nasal inhaler is gone, and just, I just have to take Claritin now. So things are slowly, you know, getting better in that sense. Okay. And this is something that I didn't think would ever help, but going from a relatively healthy vegan diet, we weren't like processed food junkies, we would eat those stuff occasionally, but obviously enough of them. And going sugar-free for the most part and oil-free for the most part. Mm-hmm. That's when, and I didn't think this would even help, but I have a mild case of inflammatory bowel disease that I've had for 20 years and I get, you know, attacks every now and then. But that, I mean, that has completely gone away. I am off of all medications. I am able to eat more variety of foods and fruits and nuts and seeds and whole grains and broccoli and, you know, uh, kale, that I actually didn't eat these foods before because my system couldn't handle them. It was too much fiber Mm -hmm. for me to be able to digest them. But now I eat these foods on a regular basis, and I'm medication-free, and I feel better now at age 53 than I did at age 43. Wow. You said it's IBD, what you had. Mm -hmm. How long did it take for that to clear or to improve? It took... Almost a year. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the thing that helped me were the green smoothies. And initially, uh, my wife is wonderful. She makes green smoothie for us every morning. And before I could, you know, that has kale, Swiss chard, and spinach, but I couldn't tolerate these things. So what she did was she steamed these greens so that way I could, you know, uh, tolerate them and slowly, you know, uh, Over six to nine months, you know, I was kind of reducing the medication. 
And finally, at the end of the year, I was feeling so good, I just stopped them. You know, my GI guy is not happy with this, <laughs> but it's over 18 months that I'm off of any medications, eating, eating better. Why, why is it the doctor's always unhappy when you're cured and want to get off the medication? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. You know, I have a, I have a patient whose uh, cholesterol is completely normal. It's less than 150. Yeah. And uh, she wanted to stop her statin, right. but the doctor told her she still had to take it. It was the diet that brought it down, not the statin. Yeah. So the steaming and, the, the greens helps? Right. So process. back when he had mild ulcerative colitis, he could, he the GI doctor told him not to do raw, and his stomach told him not to do raw. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. it wouldn't suit him. Right. So I would steam the greens and then make the green smoothie. But after a few months of that, you were like, I think I can do raw. So now he does everything raw. Now he eats a lot of raw food, and it's not a problem. Right, and that's something I haven't been able to do for over 25 years. Isn't that fascinating? You know, eat raw yeah. greens and... Yeah, we used to joke that he's a vegan who never eats a salad. <laughs> I wanted to bring up one more point that you um, mentioned, Dr. Bandana, and it's that you had patients who were already vegan and plant-based. Mm -hmm. And something that has intrigued me about the population here in Houston is how many people actually are vegan or plant-based. Is it, it the ethnic diversity, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Perhaps, yeah. Perhaps. And I think a lot of times, you know, when they see this is a vegan doctor, and they see that on, if they're searching for in Google or other places, maybe that's serving as a self-selecting, you know, that yeah. patient is sort of yeah. interested yeah. in seeking out this physician. So she may be getting those types of patients yeah. more than, yes. you know, if you were to sample people in general. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're still in the heart of Texas. There's probably a barbecue place not too far from here. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. But you're right. There are more and more people oh, who are yeah. open to this idea. They've heard of whole food plant-based. They've heard of the term vegan. Somebody they know in their family is vegan or plant-based. So it's growing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe Houston has a slight, you know, lead at this point. But mm -hmm. I think Dallas is going to catch up. It's sure. just spreading like wildfire everywhere. And we're yes. all happy about that. So one of the first talks that we saw you give when Earthling Ed came mm -hmm. uh, and did his Texas tour, yeah. you want to tell us what that was like for you? I think that was on just kind of plant-based nutrition 101 kind of thing, telling people about the China study and Esselstyn's um, research. Um. Right. So they wanted to have an event that, you know, Earthling Ed would obviously talk about the ethical aspects. Sure. And they wanted, you know, a physician also, because, you know, sometimes people say, well, you know, that's great, this helps the animal, but what does it do for me? Yes. So they wanted to have to round out the evening with having an expert talk about nutrition, that this is really not just the best way for us to lead our lives in terms of, you know, being good to the environment, being good to the animals. Mm -hmm. This is actually the best food for us. For our own health, for, for our, our own, own body. Yeah. So I think that's when they invited you. Right. So. Right. Mm -hmm. Very good. So we started by saying we were here for your retreat. Yeah. And uh, so you guys have something called the Peaceful Planet Foundation. So this is just something, you know, I think I didn't believe all of this maybe 20 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago. It's just that the universe just kind of sends you signals. And we're all sometimes too busy to really pay attention or we just don't have the time. We're so distracted. And I think this sort of gets attributed to just me starting meditation after that retreat. And it just, things just worked out in such a way that the group that I was working with for over 20 years, a larger company uh, bought us out and we all got a little lump sum. And, you know, instead of, you know, we're thinking, you know, instead of giving the lump sum and the extra money to the IRS, why don't we do something useful with it? You know, we're always, you know, wanting to do something 
that's gonna you know further you know we've always been interested in you know meditation yoga and plant-based nutrition so maybe we can form something that'll help this and you know that way we can kind of set the money aside that way we don't have to think about the money okay it's already set aside and then the financial aspect is taken care of so this is this is how it happened we had no grand plan that we're going to have this foundation just the universe just made things available to us that you you do this so i have this thought and i talked to bandana she goes yeah that's a great idea so we're just you know in our evening walks we talk about these things so that was the inception of peaceful planet it's a it's a lovely name i love yeah. that yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you thank you thank you yesterday's closing statement mm-hmm. was the perfect statement um to close off the day with caring for the planet for the environment and for ourselves and and really just reminding us that we yeah. all are one and we affect one another i thought it was a beautiful message oh thank you very much and that's the message you know both of us want us to get to the outside world mm-hmm. that you know when you have that connection with your own true self with your community with your friends and neighbors and you know you can with that connection you can really heal yourself and the people around you and when you have this community like you saw yesterday i mean everybody at the retreat there was they were all volunteers mm-hmm. i mean you guys drove from dallas to yeah. you know give this wonderful nutrition talk that was you know some people were so complimentary of mm-hmm. thank you, know, you your your talk so thank you very much for coming and participating uh, well my pleasure was a, it was mm-hmm. an honor to be included I th- no. yeah no that's just everybody who was there they were just very giving and wanted to help get this message out that you know with this way of eating with this way of changing your lifestyle that you can heal yourself you can heal your community and you know who doesn't want a peaceful world sure we all do and we sometimes get confused on what's the best way to go about it yeah and you know we haven't figured out anything yet we're just kind of along the journey that let's see if we you know making these changes making these diet changes you know they they're good for us they're good for the animals they're good for the environment you know if we can get enough people to kind of follow this way let's see if we can make some progress in just having a peaceful healthy sustainable world definitely and so uh, i know you guys are involved in, in varying levels with uh, a few different documentaries can you tell us about that So there are two of them that uh, are coming out soon that we're involved in and one of them is The Land of Ahimsa. Ahimsa by the way it means non-violence and compassion. Mm-hmm. Um that is the teaching taught by a lot of the eastern religions um including Buddhism and Hinduism. And so The Land of Ahimsa is being done by a friend of ours named Dolly Ahuja who is trying to make um Indians um so land of ahimsa is is regarding india um aware of the fact that um many of them feel like they are practicing non-violence by being vegetarians mm-hmm. but there is so much violence and misery and suffering in the dairy industry and that is her um goal to make people aware of that and so we are being interviewed as physicians who are saying dairy is not needed for your health um actually it's harmful for your health and not eating dairy will do your body good yeah <laughs> can you tell us what you mean by violence when you're only consuming dairy i get a little emotional about this um so first of all i was a biology major as undergraduate never made the connection that cows like all other mammals are only going to give milk 
if they've just had a baby. I've only given milk twice in my life for my two kids that I've had, and it's the true for all other mammals, including cows, right? So there was, I don't know why, I don't know, I think it's the cultural yeah. indoctrination. We, from, we don't think about these things. Right. We're, we're, not, we're not encouraged to consider those things. Yeah. In India, when I was a little girl, so I, I was in India till age 11, and then we moved mm. here, I remember writing essays on how cows are so important and how they give us milk and how we're grateful that they give us milk. So I just thought they just give us milk, right? They just all the time produce it. That's what they do. Mm -hmm. But no, so if they have, if they only give milk when they just had a baby, then two things have to be done. One, they have to be impregnated over and over again. Um, not in the natural way that they would get pregnant, but in a way that it keeps happening way more than she would naturally have the number of babies. We're going to have to have her have way more babies. And two, the babies are going to need to be taken away. Um, because in today's world of big corporations, why are they going to lose any profit on having that baby drink any of the milk that can be sold for profit? So that was a big um, thing to find out that, you know, basically, one, the cows have to be raped over and over again, mm -hmm. and two, they have to be separated, and the calf, you know, if it's a male calf, is going to become veal, and if it's a female calf, is going to have the same life of misery and suffering that her mother had, and is just going to be fed soy, corn, GMO stuff instead of milk to make her grow up enough to reproductive age so then we can exploit her for milk as well. So finding all that out was like, no, I have kids of my own. I am a mother myself. I am not doing this to another mother. You also talked about the health aspects. Another reason why we shouldn't be consuming milk. Dairy in general, you know, acne is a big thing. Mucus and allergies is a big thing. IGF-1, insulin-like growth factor 1, um, is increased um, and is naturally there in dairy as well and this is a hormone that causes cancer cells and everything else to grow it increases metastases of cancer if you already have it um, and dairy is basically liquid meat so in every which way chemically structurally um, when you look at it it's high in cholesterol like meat it's high in saturated fat like meat it's got no fiber it's it's nothing like a plant. It's in every way like meat. So it is going to have the same bad effects on heart disease. Um, it's going to have the same bad effects on cancer. Um, in some ways, in certain cancers, dairy is actually worse than meat. Breast cancer, for instance, the cancers that are um, hormonally related because dairy is so high in hormones. And again, it's because the cow is just given birth, um, so she naturally has a lot of hormones right now, and they come out in milk. So even if you're drinking organic milk, it's still very high in estrogen. Definitely, if you're drinking regular milk, she's given so many extra hormones that it's even higher. But you know, mm -hmm. basically, dairy, you have all the harmful effects of it being an animal product, like mm -hmm. you mentioned. You know, it has IGF-1, causes cholesterol. But dairy also has a lot of proteins, animal protein, 
which are very immunogenic, which means they really increase the inflammation in our body. Mm -hmm. So with that, you know, folks like little kids that we're all told to after they're weaned from their mom's milk, breast milk, that to put them on dairy milk, I mean, that's literally responsible for most of the kids getting repeated ear infections mm -hmm. and getting ear tubes. And now we're finding out that getting repeated course of antibiotics that, you know, that they never would have needed, never would have gotten the ear infection had they been taken off of dairy, that that's, you know, doing harm to their microbiome, to the friendly bacteria in their gut. So there's long-term consequences that, you know, once your microbiome is bad, you're more susceptible to other diseases. So all this starts with the inflammation and the extra immunogenicity of animal protein. It causes so much inflammation. I mean, dermatologists have started recommending stop doing dairy because, mm -hmm. you know... Because of the acne. Because yeah. of the acne, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, there's, a, there's some uh, kind of nascent or early research now showing that early exposure in infancy to dairy mm -hmm. uh, may be one of the causative factors of type 1 diabetes. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's as an autoimmune disorder. Mm -hmm. Right, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Again, it's that, you know, the immuno... The, inflammatory process with the foreign proteins that it mm -hmm. contains. I mean, cow's milk is perfect for the baby calf. Mm -hmm. That's what it's designed for. The protein ratio, the cholesterol ratio, everything is optimized to turn, you know, a 70-pound calf to a 500-pound, you know, cow to in one year. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not the physique we want. We right. don't want to grow by eight folds in one year. And breast milk, which is what the human babies need, it you know, has much lower protein, has less cholesterol, and the protein it has is appropriate. It doesn't cause the inflammatory reaction in our body that the cow's milk does. Yeah. But you're right, in our culture, and especially in our Indian culture, mm -hmm. dairy is so revered. And you know, I get it from a historical context. Mm -hmm. You know, a uh, few hundred years ago, certainly a few thousand years ago, when things were much more scarce, you had nothing else that you could turn to. If the crops failed, those households who had a cow, they survived. It was an alternate way of feeding yourself. Yeah, mm -hmm. from so, a pure volume perspective, pure, mm -hmm. uh, it, it might have been an occasional thing. Right. Just like in the past, meat was an occasional thing for humans. Right. But not something that they drank uh, three or four uh, glasses of a day. Yeah, right. it wasn't. And it was out of necessity. They didn't have any other options. It was just one thing that they were, you know, we were eating whatever it took to keep us alive. And so people point, and we've been eating dairy for generations. It hasn't harmed us. Yet they have family history of diabetes. They're overweight. They're getting breast cancer. Yeah. And they think this is just normal aging. Yeah. Well, this is not normal aging. Indian, Indians are roughly, especially in the villages, are eating a diet that's relatively similar to rural folks in China. It's predominantly a plant-based diet. But what's different in India is they're including dairy in that diet, whereas in China, in the rural places, they don't have dairy. And guess who gets the breast cancer? Guess who is more obese? It's the Indian counterparts, yet they are you know, very similar otherwise in their diet. So all this epidemic of you know, obesity, heart disease, diabetes, especially hormonally sensitive cancers mm -hmm. like breast cancer, uterine cancer, ovarian cancer. This prostate is cancer prostate too. Prostate cancer, mm -hmm. thank you. These are, you know, dairy is like fuel. This is like steroids to make your cancer grow, make it metastasize. Even the inception of cancer, you know, before your immune system can get rid of it. 
it just serves as, you know, like lighter fluid on a gasoline. You know, mm -hmm. when you have these things, and we're all forming cancer cells at any time, you want your immune system to get rid of them, not give them growth fluid yeah. as you do with dairy. Well, this documentary needs to happen, and mm -hmm. we could tell that Dolly was very passionate about her vision. Yeah. Um, if people want to support this film, how can they do so? So she has a GoFundMe page, The Land of Ahimsa. So if you go to GoFundMe and uh, put in Land of Ahimsa, then you can definitely. And okay. also you can spread the word uh, on Facebook and Instagram and social media. About Google Land of Ahimsa. Her website will come up and they'll take you, you know, from there to the GoFundMe page. Right. So Facebook, Google, GoFundMe, you know, any of okay. those things. We'll and Dr. Riz is also going to be in that documentary yes. with us. Yeah. If I said anything intelligent, maybe she'll include it. Yeah. <laughs> so we saw that you were recently promoting the film in California, I think in L.A. You had sort of an event there? Yeah, Dolly had an event there, and she wanted us there on the panel as one of the physicians. Yeah. So she, she wanted to you know, attract some donors, Fund you know, yeah, some a little fundraising. fundraising, and she wanted to have some physicians yeah. there. Well, we so definitely wish you guys a lot of success in the film itself a lot of success. Yeah. You're also members of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. Dr. Bandana recently was also involved in sort of a, I don't know if you call it a silent protest at Baylor mm -hmm. about the animal testing. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we're big fans of PCRM. Right. Um, yeah, us too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There have actually been three projects that I've done with them. Um, one of them is to get um, stop animal testing in the emergency um, program at Montgomery County paramedic program. Mm -hmm. um, the other is to get McDonald's out of Bentop Hospital. And okay. the third was um, Baylor stopping for their emergency residents, um, the residency program for emergency medicine doctors, um, stopping using animals mm -hmm. for that training. And now a uh, fourth one is coming up where we're trying to get Chick-fil-A out of Texas Children's Hospital. I don't know, PCRM just sent me an email. <laughs> so I'll be going to another protest later in October for them for that. So have you made any headway with those projects? So McDonald's is out of Bentop. Wow. Uh, yes. Baylor did Amazing. stop using um, animals in that program. So far, all three have been successes. That's oh just so, that's incredible. So we hope yeah. Texas Children's so Hospital. So for those who are not in the Houston area, Bentob Hospital is the largest county hospital in Harris County. It's like so. Parkland in yes. Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I was in school at Parkland, there was a McDonald's there in Parkland. There was. That was, was the most selling McDonald's in the country. Yes. Do you remember yes. that? Yes. Yeah. yes. It was one of the busiest ones in the country. I remember that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I even stood in line there oh, I with, too. with my patients with their uh, IV pole and in their gown with the back open. <laughs> Yeah. I, and I couldn't believe it. Patients would literally come downstairs, mm -hmm. buy McDonald's, and go back up to the room. Yeah, you know? yeah. that's gone too. That's yeah. one of the things we used um, in the argument to get it out of Bentop, that McDonald's, uh, that Parkland now has a healthier option. Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Manish, you were just kind of explaining the Bentop. So, I mean, they've had this uh, McDonald's for a long time. And, you know, every, I guess they have the leasing from the hospital. It comes up every three years. So PCRM contacted us. That you, would you be willing to talk to the board who considers, you know, who's going to get the space? Is McDonald going to get their renewal in space? And usually it's just they have a public hearing for these things, but it's sort of a formality. You know, they, they invite people from the community, but they don't really invite them. You know, they kind of do the minimum that they, they give have them three to, minutes. <laughs> yeah. 
So, but PCRM, obviously, they're on top of it. I mean, this is what they do. They're on top of their game. They're amazing, so aren't they? Yeah, they they are. are. So we had no idea about this. <laughs> they contacted us saying, this hearing is coming up. Would you speak? I mean, I was busy, but my wife was there. I ended speak. up going twice yeah. to give three minutes each time. Um, for you about that yeah, yeah so and they can, help you they even send yeah. you a script and then mm -hmm. you can correct it and, and yeah. you can edit yeah. it they coach you because i mean we're yeah. not used to talking in front of the media and, it's like sure. you know, uh, when you were there were there other people speaking out against it no of course not so um, the other ones that you heard speaking were well there were other things on the oh. agenda as well okay. so other people were talking about other issues yeah but i was the only one talking yeah. about mcdonald's yeah. they they listened <laughs> Something happened. Yeah. And we saw you were featured in PCRM's magazine, The Good Medicine, as a result of that, yeah. of your efforts and your work. Yeah. yeah. PCRM is extremely active mm -hmm. yes. in all of this. I think sometimes people think it's only, you know, geared towards nutrition and medicine, but really yeah. it's about being a very strong voice for the animals, mm -hmm. but also advocating for patients. Mm -hmm. And we talked about how even at your hospital, Dr. Riz, we would like to see changes happen mm -hmm. yeah. so that we can have better options for the patients as well. Yeah, I had been behind the scenes working with our, our nutrition services mm -hmm. uh, to start offering some more healthy options uh, both to the physicians and to the patients. Mm -hmm. And now, unfortunately, they're changing uh, the company. Yeah, so I have to start all over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm you know, trying to work with the hospital that I go to, trying to get healthier <laughs> options, more plant-based options. Yeah. And they're open to a certain extent, but, you know, I'll take any progress. You know, if they will take away bacon and maybe substitute it with turkey bacon or, you know, any little thing, if they'll add more fruit, you know, for the morning, it's not just, you know, sausage, bacon, if they'll add some fruit. So any little, you know, progress that we can make, I'm happy to make. But, you know, this is a issue with all of us in the healthcare industry that mm -hmm. it's hard to move big corporations, hard to move big uh, players who have a vested interest in the status quo. It's interesting that we call it the healthcare industry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, mm -hmm. uh, if they if it really was a healthcare industry, then right. they'd be interested in serving more healthy food choices. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. But it's not about healthcare; it's about making money. Right. Yeah. It's a sick care industry, and like you said, yeah, there's a lot of profit to be made from a lot of you know drug companies and different. Folks. Yeah, and I don't know that they're necessarily trying to make their patients sick by feeding them food, but right. uh, they want their patients to be happy. I mean, it's it, there's a lot of factors, but it's sometimes it becomes an uphill battle. But what's encouraging is there's so many grassroots efforts happening in Dallas, happening in various suburbs of Dallas, in Houston, and various mm -hmm. places, mm -hmm. that everyone's doing their job of making other people aware that this is the, you know, eating the whole food, plant-based way, this diet and lifestyle is what's sustainable, what's good for us, good for our health, health of our planet, and it's also a compassionate way to eat. You know, mm -hmm. helps you in mind, mind, body, and spirit. Yeah. So it's just lovely to see this explosion of grassroots movement mm -hmm. in every corner of our, you know, nation. Yeah. So yeah. it's really you couldn't have said it better. And that's where it has to start, really. Yeah. Uh, with the people, I don't think it's going to come from the top down. Yeah. It's going to have to come from the bottom yeah. and go up. We're so, so grateful for what you guys are yes. doing and you know, spreading this message in Dallas, doing these podcasts, doing community events on a regular basis. This is oh, what it's going to take to turn the tide, and I think mm -hmm. we're slowly making progress. Yeah. Well, I, I would like to say that you guys have been a lot of inspiration to us. Uh, you know, we've learned a lot from you, and uh, 
you know, hopefully we feed off of each other and yeah, we've learned a lot from yeah, you. Yeah, it's so, definitely true. Uh, yeah, this versa is, this as is, well. This yeah. works both ways and we're, you guys are truly inspiring. Mm -hmm. Well, so. thank you. I've been here now, we were calculating four, five, maybe six times I've driven down because of you guys. <laughs> For events that you've done. This year. This year, oh, yeah. just in the short amount of time, um, we were familiar with the work that you were doing last year, but because of what you're doing now, mm -hmm. I've invited my sister, she's invited co-workers, she's invited friends, so um, I came down for Code Blue, I came down um, for the Houston Veg Fest, but I knew you guys would have a booth there, yeah. mm -hmm. so I wanted to stop by and say hello, um, but the impact that you have had just through my, like, my own family and mm -hmm. her my sister's friends has been incredible. Um, and the Code Blue movie that you screened really touched my sister. She brought a co-worker to that one. Oh. She was looking great, by the way. I didn't get a chance to talk oh. to her yesterday, but okay. it seems like she's been eating more plant-based. She yes. was looking yeah. good. I yeah. even found out. She didn't tell me, but she's part of another Facebook group that's Whole Food Plant-Based. Oh, that's wonderful. awesome. And, she, and her friend was like, is that your sister's group? She's like, no, it's another group. It's like, oh, so you're secretly going to other groups and learning. She's, so cheating. She's, she's cheating on her own. Yeah. <laughs> she's taking initiative on her own. Yeah, yeah, but isn't that wonderful? It's that's, absolutely incredible. That's one thing you, you're okay with her cheating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and now you're walking with the community. You're yeah. part of Walk with a Dog. So August, we started Walk with a Doc, um, which is this national program, and I believe you guys do it as well. Um, and I, I really think it's wonderful because um, you get to check off three lifestyle medicine boxes while doing that, right? Yes. You get to check off exercise, you get to check off being outdoors in nature, mm -hmm. and you get to check off community. Mm. Um, so it's a great way to take care of many things all together and even education, like patients get to learn a little something mm -hmm. about certain topic. Um, so this month, for instance, October is um, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So I have an OB-GYN, actually the one you met yesterday, Dr. Nancy Erickson, will be coming as the guest speaker and she'll be talking about breast cancer at our Walk with a Doc, which is going to be next Saturday, October 12th. The Peace and Wellness Retreat that you had yesterday, was right. that funded through your foundation? Right. Yes. So, so the, like I mentioned, so we, we had set aside some money for that. And, okay. you know, we do ask for a donation for the wellness retreat, but if, no, if people are not able to pay or they mm -hmm. want to pay less, we never turn anyone down. Okay. Our main message is to get people more aware so they can choose a healthier and compassionate lifestyle for themselves, and then they can, you know, spread it to their own friends and family and community. So, but yet, yeah, it's funded through our nonprofit okay. Peaceful Planet Foundation. And if people want to That's donate wonderful. to your foundation, can they? Yes, it's yeah. a it's a five hundred one c three organization. So we purposely made it an uh, operating foundation. One, because we wanted to do the work of getting the message out there, mm -hmm. and wanted to fund these events. You know, where we organize retreats and other events during the year. So you know, don't have to worry about the money. So that mm -hmm. way, it's set aside. It's in the bank. Whenever we need to use it. It, this is the purpose of it. The retreat itself was very organized. It was well attended. Um, the breakout sessions, at least from my perspective, worked out nicely. So Thank congratulations you. on having such a wonderful retreat. Thank you. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, folks like you that make it successful. We had Dr. Uh, Rizwan Bukhari speak to, he was the keynote speaker to start off the retreat. And we had, you know, wonderful people who are just open and giving, you know, not just who were presenting the retreat, but people who are attending. So it's just a wonderful atmosphere. 
And it's nice because things just come together. Like Mm -hmm. people come to us and they just tell us, oh, you know, I can offer this or I can offer this. And we're like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, (laughs) people would probably like that. (laughs) Um, Like Patricia, I think, is going to come next year and do a food demo too. Because this year, Carolina's food demo was the first thing to fill up. (laughs) Yeah. So people, people really want to learn. They wanted how to, to learn how to cook. Yeah. We couldn't get, we had a waiting list for her class. If people want to know um, about your events and what you're doing next, how can they find out more? So if they want to know about, you know, our nonprofit events, they can mm-hmm. go to our website. Mm-hmm. They can just Google Peaceful Planet Foundation or it's peacefulpf.org. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram. And then, you know, the other community events we do is through our for-profit, which is our new lifestyle clinic, and that's Lifestyle Docs. And they can uh, Google Lifestyle Docs or just it's lifestyledocs.com, and they'll let them know about, you know, when's the next cooking class at our clinic, when are we going to do yoga classes, meditation classes. And lifestyledocs.com also has a Facebook page and Instagram page, so okay. they can follow us yes. there as well. That's a lot of uh, websites and social <laughs> media to keep, uh, keep <laughs> up to date, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. We're, gonna, we're actually going to get help because it's getting yeah, a little bit, getting, yeah. getting unmanageable. Are you currently taking patients now, new patients? We are. We are okay. taking new patients, yes. Okay. Yeah, especially those who are interested in changing their diet and lifestyle and then want to, you know, Yeah who are not interested in a pill for every ill, they want to heal themselves. And this is the way, you know, we think this is the right way and we're finding more and more people. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who would would like to change their their lives and get off medications and and be healthy. Yes. Well, congratulations on this new practice. We're so fortunate to be in this space and we're looking forward to the next part of the journey. Yeah. And we're so happy that we have both of you guys as our friends and allies on this path and on this journey. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, thank you for listening in. You've been listening to Dr. Riz and Maya with Plant-Based DFW.